This is bourbonblog.com. Like bar here. Is a whole I, made, I, I made a, a I like made a bar. Whole bar. Well, oh, it's Thomas, this 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 guy knows his stuff. This guy well, knows his stuff. Hey, we're so proud to uh bring you tonight. Matt Farah, a creator and host of the Smoking Fires. We are live here on Cigar Saturday. And uh Maddie Rock joining us from uh New Jersey there at Sanjas. Matt, where are you based? Well, it's the smoking tire, Tom. You said fire, but it's okay because we're blazing fire. Tradecraft Farms. Is the did I actually say fire? You did, and it's okay because Tradecraft Farms, the official fire. ganja I'm, I'm, of I'm, the Smoking Tire podcast. So since Maddie Rock, want, he sent me those nice cigars, um, but I don't really smoke cigars. I'm an ex-cigarette smoker, and so cigars are <laughs> kind of tough for me unless like ever, it's like a circle of cigars. So I gave Maddie Rock cigars to my dad. He liked them. Thank you. Oh, I really I, do appreciate that. The pops again, then. Uh, my pops is what's up. So we're gonna we're just gonna roll a fat cone and just go at go with that. If that's okay, because it's totally fun. The smoking show. Smoking show. You can do you can do whatever you like, Matt. It's. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna be the only one like not smoking on this show. I'm pretty sure that yeah, we're we're smoking as well. That's right. So what do we do? Just we just get wasted and and discuss what we're getting wasted on. That's the premise of the show. It, would you like for that to be tonight for you? I don't know. It's your show, Tom. Well, we can do we can do what you like here. I mean, this is we're we're gonna obviously uh, we're gonna obviously keep it open. So uh, as as you're rolling, there is a particular uh, varietal you're using. Yeah, we're going with uh, it's called the creme brulee. Creme brulee, an, an indica dominant hybrid. I've I've stopped smoking sativas because they give me fucking anxiety attacks. Yeah. So you know, when I was like 17, 18, it was like, what's the strongest shit you got? Like what? What weed most closely resembles cocaine? Give me that. And and as I get older and I realize, why do I have anxiety all the time? <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should start smoking indica because I already have a lot of natural energy and I don't really need more than that. And so, right. uh, hang on. Kids playing on the lawn when they weren't even there. Get off my lawn! Right, and so uh, so now we blaze indicas and indica dominant hybrids, and and I actually I reached a pinnacle in my life this past week, uh, in which I locked up a deal for 2021 with this company Tradecraft Farms, which is I, I have a marijuana sponsor, and I, that's not not like AA sponsor, like LeBron James sponsor. <laughs> so so life is really uh, okay. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations on your new sponsor. And it's, uh, <laughs> Thank you. it's great to have Matt Fair, creator and host of The Smoking Tire. Maybe some days The Smoking Fire, because where there is smoke, there is often fire. Sometimes Indeed. there's a tire, too, right? Indeed. Well, it's a metaphorical uh, smoking tire. It's like, uh, remember that website, The Smoking Gun, back in the day, where oh, yeah. we had all the, the concert tour riders and the mug oh, shot? Yeah. I used to fucking love that. I was so about that. And so... When I, you know, naming stuff is hard. Actually, it's really difficult f skill to to be able to name things well. And so I spent like six months coming up with names, and most of them were terrible. But eventually, I was reading the Smoking Gun, and I landed on the Smoking Tire, which is a lovely double entendre. And uh, and the the name of the show was born, and it stuck. I think it's a good uh, name, actually. It, it's such a good name, and you've done an yeah. amazing job uh, growing it over the years. What did you you started it how many years ago? I know you've been on it for a little while. 
Uh, we started the Smoking Tire in 2009, but I made my first YouTube video in November of 2006, which was about four months after YouTube was launched. Right. So I'm an OG in the YouTube community. Yeah, I, uh, I feel you. We started a bourbon blog around uh, on, on this end, on the whiskey end, uh, a good 14, 15 years ago. And, oh, and we, yeah. I'm trying to think what our oldest video on YouTube is, but we... we we're proud to have been doing it for a long time too, and we're yeah. proud to actually be live right now on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So again, wherever you're watching from, uh, make sure you are following us and sharing this. We're going to have a great conversation here on Vermont.com yeah. Live with with Matt. And what's we, we get two Matts? It's actually I should be in the middle. I'd be between two Matts, but we got two Matts and one Tom. What's what's happening with Matty Rock? I'm hanging in there, my brother. Um, yeah. Been fun in New Jersey. Two days ago, it was 63 degrees. Now, like 23 degrees. So you went from like a heat wave to now my nuggets off. But um, I can't bitch because we had a, a nor'easter come through. If that if that shit was cold, we'd be digging out of two feet of snow. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. You know, Mother Nature's on meth, which which is fine. It's part of 2020, so I accept Mother Nature and her and her, and her meth. Um, I Today was a linen shirt day in California. In case you're wondering. Mm. Yeah, thank, thanks for, for the pain. <laughs> much, much love, but uh, can't complain. And I had a, we had to bust out some special smokes for today. Go a little, little Cuban action today. We had to go Cuban's there. One of the Monte Limitadas 2019s. That's not even out yet, so I probably shouldn't even be smoking it. So there's probably Ooh, pre-production cigars. Is that a thing? No, no, Free it's out. They're not out to the general market just yet. They're oh, released. Wow. These aren't the actual pre things where they're testing labels. So they're out uh, before the before the shops are selling them. So there's probably some people that are coming to look for me and my family now. But it's like happy holidays. They'll leave me alone. They're the, trying. Flip, the flip game is strong with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure your dad has some good stuff and uh, Tom will send you out some more fun stuff. Matt, you got to let me know what he really likes. He had a humidor full of just big. It, it was like it was like. Um, you know, he likes the hits. He likes the Romeo y Julietas. He likes the Monte Cristos. He likes the Cohibas. He he doesn't um, – he likes a cigar. He doesn't have that depth of exploration that you have in terms of trying new stuff. He, he really plays the hits. But he like, but, you know, when I bring him stuff, the stuff you say, he did like that. Is right. there um, – in 2020, in, in, in the global cigar economy, is a Cuban – really still the best or can you get equal or better elsewhere well it's funny what's happened in the world of uh of cuban sticks and sandra probably walked by in a bit and he'll even go into greater detail on that the quality control of cuban sticks has, has progressively gone down over the last couple of years and Ooh. on the other flip side of that is the availability to really find tobaccos globally as um i mean 180 like you can get some of the best stuff some of the tobaccos that you get out of Nicaragua and the growing places 15 20 years ago it was a struggle to get tobaccos out of Jalapa or uh, or Esteli or, or even Ometepe no one even knew what Ometepe was um and now you're getting these fine tobaccos and you're reading publications you know that typically that were placeholders of Cuban cigars coming all in the top 10 that these Nicaraguan cigars came swarming in the quality control has been impeccable because let's be honest beyond just taste it's wonderful if you have a cuban cigar but you can't smoke it because it's plugged or um or it wasn't packed correctly and it's canoeing all over the place in you what i tell oh. people 
one of the best cigars you can ever smoke is still probably a Cuban cigar, but there's so many ones that aren't good because they plug and they're a mess because of their quality control. So Cuban cigars, when you get the right one, are still heavenly. There's, mm-hmm. no, there's, that makes sense. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I've seen, I mean, I've seen people, you know, like beer and wine and weed and, you know, all these other, you know, products that can be where you're farming and it's genetics and that kind of stuff can now be transferred sort of globally with science and you've got cross genetics and, and I'm now talking about weed again, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a global marketplace. I get to use a car reference. You're firing all on the right cylinders there because <laughs> <laughs> one for the Gipper. But, um, but that's true because you look at when you do wrappers and stuff and everything else, you'll hear people go, I'm smoking an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, not a Connecticut, Connecticut. Right. You're stateside in Connecticut, but it's an Ecuadorian Connecticut. And oh, interesting. Yeah. And people throw around the, the uh, Tom, you and I had a, you know, a half an hour chat on Cameroon wrapper. Yeah. Cameroon wrapper from Cameroon. So Cameroon, Cameroon is the most expensive wrapper you could buy easily four to five times as much as any other wrapper. And the taste that you get and the complexity that you get on it is so the nuttiness of it, subtle notes in it, the little bit of citrus hints. When you have a Cameroon, Cameroon wrapper, it doesn't taste like any other origin of Cameroon, even though legally, since it is of, of you know, Cameroon seed, you can call it that. Just like, you know, you hear everybody who, who's pretending to sell Cuban cigars go, this is made with Cuban seed polota. That's yeah. pretty sure if I made a cigar in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I look at you like, mi hermano, and <laughs> otro de cubano, muy bueno. Meanwhile, people are like, are you sure this isn't called Fumar? Yeah. I'm like, maybe, yeah. I'm just telling. So You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the Iranian pistachios which the the pistachios in iran were so much better than everywhere else in the world Uh, it really caused some geopolitical issues in the 1980s which now continue and we have guys like the the resnicks the wonderful company here in california who are like the most the biggest scumbags on the planet farming these incredibly high margin pistachios but they're still not as good as the actual shit that you get in the Middle East from Iran, which is um, embargoed here. You can't get Iranian pistachios at all in America. If you could, people would never buy the California garden. They, would, they wouldn't go for them. You, now, do you find ways of actually tracking them down, getting somebody that will ship you some? How do you, do you find some? I, I don't give a shit that much. But when I go to Europe, I look for them. You can buy them, you know, you can buy them in other places that's not right. America. So yeah. I recommend if, you, if, you, if you're if you a fan of pistachios in general, next time you're traveling to somewhere that's not America, look for some pistachios and see if they come from right. Iran. And they might be really, really fucking delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Random tidbit of the day. Random tidbit. No, I like it. And so we think, we, sometimes we'll think about um, uh, if cigar uh, embargoes, but it's not just the cigar and the tobacco. It's it's other things like pistachios, isn't it? Oh, there's got to be tons of them. I mean, I happen to know pistachios because I listened to a fucking podcast on it. It drove me insane, but I don't know. <laughs> not really. Carl, if, Carl was here, if Carl was here today, he could tell you probably 10, 12 other products that are effective just right. like this. Right. And look at that. You talk about what you do, Tom. Look at uh, when you talk about soil and soil conditions. Yes. You go somewhere in Nicaragua, the tobacco that you're going to get from Esteli doesn't taste like the tobacco from Ometepe, and the Ometepe right. doesn't taste like what you get from Jalapa. So mm. it's all very different. So the elemental parts of it, I mean, it's like a vineyard. Look at all the vineyards you have out where you are, Matt, throughout California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have them a couple miles apart from each other. You're going to produce very different tastes. Yeah, absolutely. Look, 
98 could win 10 gold medals and the 97 everyone could say is a dog it did not mm -hmm. produce the taste that you were looking for and the and that the happens green, with cars too yeah, <laughs> the, yeah it's the origins it's the origins and the grains uh i mean there's so many things that i get say on a new york bourbon uh if it's 100 percent or nearly 100 percent new york grain uh, to me, that tastes different than the Kentucky grains. I mean, there's this certain uh, earthy sort of, and I, I've said waxy before. It has this sort of extra layer of something on it that I, I really actually like on uh, bourbons like Kings County from Brooklyn and uh, Hudson and some of the hey, others. Have you fucked with the Taconic Distillery bourbon? I know a little bit about them. Uh, are you a fan? I am. That is probably my favorite, like fifty dollar drinkable bottle right now. You can only get it in New York, as far as I know. You definitely can't get it in California, but I know one of the the people who's involved in that distillery. Yeah. Uh, uh, my dad and I do skeet and quail shooting, real white guy shit, and uh, <laughs> it is it is. It is the it is the whitest of activities. We wear a lot of plaids and olives. <laughs> we we do need to get we need to get Taconic on um, on Bourbon Blog Live. I want to interview them. I, I actually someone just mentioned them earlier today because there are some just really wonderful distilleries uh, in uh, in New York and upstate. Mm -hmm. uh, this one being in Stanford Valley rules. What a great uh, place. No, I'm glad you're a fan of them. Now you're in where, whereabouts in, in California are you yourself? Well, I'm in Venice Beach, in California, Venice Beach. LA. But I grew up in in Westchester County, New York. Yeah. And I just last year I had my wedding in Hudson, New York. Nice. And so we had all this Hudson Valley local shit, and yes. we served uh, cases of Taconic at my wedding, and we made like craft cocktails with it. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. I love Hudson. What a cool town. Yeah. I just read. Uh, I read yesterday. Uh, Kingston, New York, has the highest uh, increase in property values in the last 12 months of anywhere in the country. Wow. Which is amazing. I mean, dude, the Hudson Valley is going to be the fucking jam in five years. Yeah. Like, it's going to be like the New York Riviera. Yep. Now, are you, are you, what are you sipping on there? What are you, what, hmm. what kind of whiskey are you drinking there? Is that a I brought a few. I brought a selection. Oh, good. Guy. So I'll, I'll, I'll angle down to my oh, bar. Wow. So. So we've got. Um, I see some. I see one of my favorites already. So this guy right here, Montgomery uh, American Single Malt Whiskey. This was given to me by a fan uh, in Whitefish, Montana. This is the only bottle that I've ever seen. I had no idea if it was any good, but I had the first glass of it. I found it quite delightful. I have no idea what it costs, uh, but it tastes pretty nice. So that I've got that, and then I've got the Whistle Pig Fifteen, always a classic. Wow. And then I've got the Four Roses single barrel. Love that. And, and uh, I've got more at um, my uh, at my shop. I've got a big I, liquor locker, but this is all I have at the house. Hola. Good to see you, Sanj. How are you? Good to see you. Uh, happy holidays to you, Sanj. Things going well for you? you? Now, Matt, you talk about a guy to talk watches with mm -hmm. offline. This this guy. Forget what's, the, he, what's he wearing? Forget what's he wearing? Let's go heads up right now. What's he wearing? What do you got? No, I, I don't have anything. Actually, I came in a hurry and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping my mouth shut because I'm wearing a fucking swatch. That's dope. <laughs> I was going to go that way for you. I was going to go because I asked Maddie Rock earlier tonight on text. I was like, what kind of show is this? Is this like a baller show or is this like a man of the people show? And he thought I meant like subject matter. What I was subtly asking was, what watch do I wear? <laughs> I settled on the Royal Oak. 
because right. I figured it was not a time to be subtle on this right. show. We uh, we enjoy we enjoy everyone and and all all, all subtleties and all um always to um, communicate. But I have cheap, I have some cheap watches too that I really enjoy and that are in my regular rotation. And Maddie no, Rock knows that. But Seiko no, no, we, we were talking we were talking about the we were in town a Seiko Turk. The Seiko Turk and I mean, gorgeous friggin' watch. Beat the shit out of it. Doesn't cost you the farm. And that was the time I had my King Seiko. And honestly, you know me, I can't get to the other level that these guys get. So my King Seiko, I stroke like. Who's my loose daddy's little baby? I get a lot of compliments on my turtles. I have a guy here in LA. Uh, I'll plug him. Shadow Watchmaker on Instagram. He's great. And I have him modify my turtle. I've got like four or five turtles that I knock around with. I got a gold one and a green one and a blue. I got a, just got a gray one. And they're all modified. And some of them are fake aged, like fake patina. Yep. And I don't. Get, I wouldn't do this on a Rolex. But like, it's a fucking Seiko. Whatever. Who cares? So... I, uh, I mean, not, not, it's just, you know, originality matters not. So play, you know, it's the Ford Mustang of watches. It's the Camaro or the Subaru WRX. It's the kind of thing you buy and then make your own once you get it home, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, I've got a bunch of different turtles. I got fun straps for them. I got fun, uh, like different dials and different, uh, um, crystals. I got, they, one of them looks 40 years old and one of them looks futuristic and, yeah, they're fun. A Seiko is fun as fuck. And I I fuck with a Seiko like probably, I don't know, a day or two a week I fuck with a Seiko. Day or two a week I fuck with a Roly. And then I have an oddball. And then usually Sunday is is baller uh, baller watch day. This one's like a disco ball for a steel watch. I mean, look at that. That's just, I mean, that's unbelievable. That bracelet. You know, that's Agreed. the best. That is that is really nice. I this like is it. what I would call, this is my grail watch. I don't, I don't I don't desire anything else really beyond this in watch world. It's not to say I don't have things beyond this <laughs> in watch world. <laughs> I have a problem. So now it's because, you're, because you are a fan of, well, first of all, rye whiskeys, I'll show you something in a moment. Um, I'm a big fan. Have you had, have you had peerless rye or peerless bourbon, Matt? Uh, no, the pure one? I haven't. What is that about? It is. It's a. It's one. Now it's one I really like on this show. Uh, pairing with uh, cigars. Um, they make a wonderful rye. Uh, it's a company that used to exist pre-prohibition, but most like most distilleries, of course, pre-prohibition, they all fell by the wayside. The great great grandson brought this back to Kentucky a few years ago. Amazing bourbons, amazing ryes. I'm actually trying one of their single barrels right now. Uh, it is. Uh, it's. It's called the Blood Orange Old Fashioned Single Barrel Bourbon because it has sort of that Blood Orange Old Fashioned notes on it. But oh. it happened. It's such available a, uh, nationwide. Can I get it in you, California? You can get it in California. I can. I can connect cool. you. I'll check. Um, oh, I, oh, I need to connect to get it. I didn't realize. Well, you may. You know what's hilarious, dude? If you told me at 18 <laughs> years old that that I would need to connect to get bourbon yeah. and that somebody would pay me to smoke their brand of weed. <laughs> <laughs> publicly well, i'd be like yeah you're living in fucking backwards land like, <laughs> yeah i need a connection i need connects to buy uh, booze and watches things that are totally legal and in no short supply whatsoever maybe i just i i, I want to make sure you can sometimes it's a little tougher to find i just want to make sure i connect you but I happen to also have close to me because I saw what you were showing me, close to me because I had it on this table. 
the 15 year old whistle pig is 15. Well. Yeah, that's what I got. The 15. So I love the 15 whistle pig, and I'm gonna I have to here with you in a moment. To them, I pitched to whistle pig, they were very nice to me. Nice a friend nice. of mine got uh, this event. My friend Rob Ferretti puts on this event called Adventure Drives, it's like a luxury road trip. It's, uh, it's almost it's like people who used to do gumball and shit, but are tired of that level of insanity. And want a road trip that they could do with their lady now. So that so you know what I mean? So there's no stickers on the cars. The hotels are really nice. The restaurants are really nice. Instead of renting out the club, you know, it's a fire pit and a bottle of whistle pig. It's that kind of thing, you know. So we've been doing that, and whistle pig sponsored their event. And wow. it was just like, dude, there was like fucking 10 cases of this 15 year there I mean I didn't realize how much it cost until later. I was like, oh cool, whistle pig. And I was like, oh my god, that's three hundred dollars a bottle. Nice bottle yeah. <laughs> You're drinking it like water. <laughs> that's the way you should do it if you have cases around you. That's what you should do. That's a little worse because there were actually eleven cases, but made it to his car. So dang ten cases. Well, I went home you left and finish it. I went home with a case. And then after that, I tried to um Pitch Whistle Pig as a smoking tire sponsor. And they pretty much offered to give me all the booze I wanted, um, but they didn't want to like, you know, pay money, which was, which is, I, I mean, it was honestly like, that's, that's great. I didn't think it would even get that far. But ultimately, um, when it came to substances and drugs that we wanted to promote, we really wanted to be paid. Yeah. <laughs> But trade you, craft farms is the official need of the smoking tire podcast. Tell them again, trade craft farms. <laughs> they're in LA. They're in LA. Trade craft farms. Yeah, yeah. They're in LA. LA. If you're in California, you can buy anywhere in California. They're statewide. Sure. They're very, very good people. <laughs> very, good. <laughs> very good. Where was they the are. party that the whistle pig was at? Where was that again? The what? The whistle pig party, or where was that again? You had. The oh party? well. Oh no. It's well. It's called Adventure Drive. So it's a luxury road trip over oh, like a trip. week, and you go from you know place to place. So we did it this past summer, and it was very interesting to do it during during COVID. Obviously, there was a lot of modifications that had to be done, but we'd done it in Europe, but uh, before we'd done it uh, before that in other places. But but so this, it was uh, Seattle, Portland, Bend, um, Spokane, Whitefish. Uh, somewhere I'm blanking on, and then Jackson Hole. It was lo it was lovely. Oh, the wow. American the American West, and I did in a in a Lamborghini Urus, which is the uh, the SUV uh, Lamborghini, which you probably don't want to buy, you know, because it's like a little. Uh, it's like oh, you got like that Lambo, not like the good one. <laughs> but I mean, if you were gonna put thirty seven hundred miles on theirs. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay, and you can read my story. I wrote about I wrote about thirty five hundred words um, for Road and Track, which if you if you Google Road and Track Lamborghini Urus or Matt Farah Lamborghini Urus, uh, you will you will find my story and my video uh, with that car. Yeah, nice, nice. And and the, and the market for that car is it usually someone that already has a Lamborghini that wants? <laughs> you know, it's actually <laughs> who is who is the market for that car? You're a very astute gentleman, Tom. Thank you. We like to say that it's so that everybody knows you have a Lamborghini in places where you wouldn't want to drive a Lamborghini. That's why what it's really for. Because fundamentally, it's a very fast Audi, right? It's not it's not really a Lamborghini. They they put elements of what you would call the brand DNA uh, into the car, but really what you're talking about is a very fast Audi, not some bespoke 
platform, you know, V12 supercar, right? And that's okay because that's how the, this business, uh, you know, works. Um, and the, the fact of the matter is, love it or hate it, that vehicle doubled Lamborghini's sales volume in one year. They went from 3,500 cars a year to 7,000 cars a year uh, because of that. So they're, they're literally following the Porsche model by about 15 years. So remember in, in 2003, Porsche made two cars, the Boxster and the 911. And then they came out with the Cayenne, became their best-selling car. And then they came out with the Panamera, became their best-selling car. And then they came out with the Macan, became their best-selling car. So, so Lamborghini is, go, is doing exactly the same thing. Two cars, Aventador and Huracan, and now they're going to do the SUV. Then there may be a sedan or a smaller crossover. I mean, who knows? But, but platform sharing, that's, what's, that's what it's about. It's about platform sharing. So it's not for some like me. I, I don't think I'm the market in my Honda Pilot. Sorry, hold on, me. I gotta gotta cross yeah. the list. Look, I'm not the market either, man. I don't. My, my newest car is a 2003. <laughs> All my cars are 86, 87, 88, 91, 03. Those are my cars. Yeah, we get to go for the word modifications, and probably uh, those those mods are probably stuff that people go home and dream about. I my, I, I have to unfortunately say my my Honda Pilot's still stock. I'm not feeling good about myself. If I had a Honda Pilot, I'd probably leave it stock myself. You know. <laughs> What are, you, uh, are there are there releases uh, you're really looking forward to or that you're getting excited about for the next year as far as uh, new cars, any type of cars, whether it's uh, on the Lamborghini level or, or other? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, on the Lamborghini level, actually, no, <laughs> not, not really anything new. Um, new Bronco is very exciting. Uh, I just booked booked uh, that at the end of January to drive, which is very exciting. I also booked a week, you know, uh, in my job uh, with the smoking tire, I, the, the, the perk, I mean, the, the, really the only perk because the, the, the making money at this job is not a given. Um, a lot of people do the job. Very few people make real money at it. You have to be very creative and, and also work your fucking balls off if you want to make really, really, really good money doing this. So, but so, so having said that, you know, you can, you can make good money, but it's very hard. The real perk is what they call press cars, which are what they sound like cars for the press. So right. when you're an automotive journalist who is someone to be taken seriously uh, and it's a gray area where that happens, the not serious versus serious, that's a whole other story. But then all of a sudden, uh, if you are in a, a major city in America, there is a fleet of cars available for you to drive from pretty much every manufacturer. And you check them out like library books and you drive them and then you give them back. And that's how the business kind of works. And it's fucking awesome. That's like, it's yeah. like, it's, I mean, it's literally, I can't say enough good things about how great it is to be in that club. You think it's nice to get the call when the new Submariner comes in? Hey, that ain't got shit on this fucking club. This is the club. So right now I have an M2CS in the driveway right now, which is extremely sick. And I give it back on Monday and I get a Alpina XB7 BMW. You tend to, when you get the guy on the phone or gal uh, who is the PR person for a specific manufacturer, usually you call with the intent to book one car and then it becomes kind of a, hey, while I've got you on the phone, 
what else is around. And then so so you see in my videos, there's streaks sometimes where I'll drive three or four cars in a row from one manufacturer. That's because it took me one phone call to book all of those. <laughs> and, and time is money. <laughs> I'm the guy who has a hard time ordering what I want on my pizza and they're already right. Dude, you want sausage or not? This guy, I'll take these three. I'm like, I'm like, is the anchovies extra for you? Yes, yeah. Matt. It is. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's a good, it's a good part of the. I forgot why I was talking about press cars. Oh, new things I have booked. New things. I also have a. Uh, yeah, I've got a uh, a week in the the Ford the Mach E the electric Ford, right. which I'm actually very excited to drive. It looks really nice. Right. People have said good things. Um, I have uh, the new Land Rover Defender. Uh, coming in, it's a, it's random that there's all trucks and crossovers. I just had a run, I just had a run of like a dozen sports cars. So I, I um, uh, it's random that it's a lot of uh, trucks and crossovers that are coming right now. But you know, it's just part that time of the year as well, right? You know, the winter it's not really, even though sports cars are available year round here, it's, uh, there's just more other stuff. So anyway, um, that's exciting. But like this past year, <clears throat> I was really into Taycan, um, the electric Porsche. And look, I'm not like I am. I mean, look, I'm I'm an environmentalist on a certain level. I'm a gearhead as well. Um, I, I believe in um, efficiency. Typically, results in power. I mean, the fact that the cars that we have right now are as fast as they are, that's because of fuel economy regulations. That's not because of like racing. That's because you know what I mean. Like the reason that a supercar in 1994 had 500 horsepower and now it has a thousand horsepower or 1200 horsepower that's because of fuel economy regulations like that's because of like turbocharger technology direct injection technology you know stuff like that like that's actually that type of technology anything that can be used to make a car more efficient can also be used to make it go faster and so that is a very interesting thing about cars and efficiency um and so, uh, and so, I think that what what I'd like to see less of is just the insane chasing of horsepower and performance because we're now at, we're now at the the position where anybody with fifteen hundred bucks a month can just get eight hundred horsepower with no other no other qualifications at all. You don't need a racing license. You don't have to go to a school like. You can literally buy a 10-second car for, like, $72,000. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, and, and if you've got a little more money, you know, not that we're all super Rico Suave, but, you know, if you've got enough money to, to get into, like, a McLaren, I mean, you're basically buying, like, an LMP car on the street. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous levels of performance that – the average person just has no real clue about and and the Venn diagram of skills involved in controlling an incredibly high performance car at the limit and skills involved in earning ten million dollars like those don't intersect those are completely separate skill sets they have nothing to do with each other and someone who's really good at one is often fucking terrible at the other one you know. <laughs> um, you know, the number of bad millionaire drivers and rich racing drivers. You're not wrong. You know, you know where I live and it's it's the truth. So on 17 North, you got the McLaren dealer, mm -hmm. the Lamborghini dealer. But you just go a couple miles from all those like that's an expensive 
bender bender. Mm-hmm. I, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I think you, yeah, you were here when they opened up the new McLaren dealer out on, on 17. I'm tell you, in about a month and a half of driving, you saw two of them on the road. I was like, oh. Well, it's very, it's very funny to like, when you put a dealer on a, a road like that, where you can just pull out of the driveway and just immediately go full throttle, you're just going to see, just crash. I mean, you really, you know, it really started happening with Teslas. I mean, real, you know, the, that, that level of performance got this, uh, and from specifically the zero to that zero to a hundred. Yeah. That the, the availability of that from a Tesla and the people, the people who would just go, oh yeah, just give me the most expensive Tesla, not really understanding what that meant. Serious performance. Yeah. Yeah. And they go, and you know, look, I like Tesla vehicles. I think Tesla, the company, is incredibly irresponsible in a million different ways. And and the idea that you can buy this like 11 to 10 second quarter mile silent dragster that has a a full computer right here with no restrictions at all, just while you're driving. So you can just do that. My last shop was right across the street from the Tesla authorized body shop. In LA, so much front end damage, so much front, just trucks full of bumpers and headlights, and people just just driving them into things. I mean, it's it was extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. So well, what you, you said it back a while ago, right? You're buying a car from a software company, not an automotive company. And we had that conversation right. about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that things. I my, I don't want my car companies making like memes in their cars. Like, I, I, like, you know what I mean? Like like I would like my car companies, you know, setting like endurance racing records, you know, and like setting new standard, new new highs in quality and safety and stuff like that. I I don't really need the memes. I'm okay without that. Now is that is that part of what you don't like about Tesla? What is the part of Tesla you don't like? Well, that they sell something called full self-driving that does no such thing, first off, and they charge a lot of money for that. It has, it's, not, it's not completely full self-driving yet. That's right. Most certainly not. Not yet. And, and right. not even close. And so that, you know, that to me is a real safety issue. To me, there's a real messy gray area in between human-driven vehicles and fully computer-driven vehicles. Right. If we had a if we could instantly flip a switch and make every car on the road autonomous, there would probably be a drastic reduction in, in crashes because autonomous cars can easily communicate with other autonomous cars in theory, right? Provided there was some sort of consistent language for them to communicate, which would be, which there would be because that would be in everybody's benefit, right? But Autonomous cars and human-driven cars cannot effectively communicate with each other. And auton- the, the, the presumed – there's a lot of problems with autonomous cars. The, the biggest one is the presumed inevitability of autonomous cars. We just – people are just like, this is going to be the future. And we just go, okay, it, yes, it is because I saw it in some fucking movie once that they had autonomous cars. And so that's going to be the future. And, and then – that that assumed inevitability drives 100% of the development costs because assuming it's inevitable means the first person to get there wins. And so that will justify unlimited development costs indefinitely, which is 
just like it's it's not it's we could decide right now that cars didn't need to be autonomous and shouldn't be autonomous and we could find other ways to make our roads safer but the truth is i believe is that people don't really care about road safety they care about having a shiny new toy they care about actually being able to text and do other bullshit on their commute other than drive and and they they like a, a wow thing and they like feeling like they're in the future now right. especially because a lot of other elements of the future are more like the biff tannen aspects of back to the future 2 and not <laughs> and not the <laughs> the Terminator and the machines get pissed off. Like, let's kill everyone in our. Com- no, I yeah. watched Terminator movies. You know, but listen, fuck. like the 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 problem with AVs, it, it's all it's all sold against the backdrop of reducing road fatalities. Okay, which is right. a which who the fuck is going to argue that? Who's going to be like, no, I don't want to reduce deaths on the highway. But the problem is, there are a million other proven proven ways to reduce road fatalities on the highway that are being used in other countries right now that do not require inventing a completely new fucking technology and unleashing it on the public. Dude, I ride my motorcycle on these fucking roads. I've tested every one of these semi-driver's assist systems, Tesla, Cadillac, none of them make it fucking five minutes before doing something scary. And, And so that is a really sloppy... And, and, and it's just good enough, just enough of the time that you will easily be distracted by something else very quickly. It's happened to everybody I know. And furthermore, and then we can move on. But, 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 but lastly, humans are really, really bad at monitoring a, a thing and, and, and waiting for something to go wrong and then saving it, right? We're really bad at that task. What we're really good at is hand-eye coordination. We're driving. We're really good at driving. Humans are good at driving, actually. We're just easily distracted by yeah. our phones. So, so the so if if you if you allow if you give people instead of giving them the role of driver, you give them the role of machine monitor. You're now having humans do something that humans are really bad at, and it's easy to get distracted. And then here's what happens, especially with Tesla because Tesla is a shitbaggy company. If you are in a Tesla that is under uh, full self-driving mode, okay, it's driving. You're fucking texting your side piece on your phone, right? You're watching, you're watching a movie on your phone. Whatever you're doing, you're not paying the fuck attention. All of a sudden, the Tesla does something that's super shady and is about to have a crash, okay? What do you do? Well, you, you grab the wheel or hit the pedals or you try to avert this crash, right? Right. You crash anyway. Now it's your fault, not the car's, because you took over and you were driving. Right. That's, a, that's how their, their plan is written. If you don't take over and you have a crash, it's your fault because you weren't monitoring the system. So they're selling this thing that's supposed to fucking safely get you in your 4,000-pound car down the road at any speed. It's not limited. You can put set it 110 miles an hour if you want. Right. And, and that is – you know what I mean? And that's supposed to be but, – but they wash their hands of all liability. So 
addictive uh, texting, right? You want to really angry, tell someone to go fuck themselves, and they went and they went they want to go duck themselves. <laughs> at the end of the at, at the end of the your fault, you didn't check. It says duck instead of fuck, and that anger that you so vehemently wanted to to put on something, it's gone. The moment's gone. Mm -hmm. It's your fault. Yeah. So anyway, that's I, that's I, why I like this is a dangerous gray area because no. autonomy will happen when you get in the car. You type in a destination or speak a destination. You don't do anything. And if that car gets in a crash, it's the manufacturer's fault, not yours. That's you, when a car is autonomous. When do you think we will see that happen, if ever? If you had to guess. Possibly not in our lifetimes. In our well, uh, where, I, where I could see it is in geofenced areas, smaller communities where self-driven cars are barred from a certain area and only these AVs can interact with each other. Because they're actually okay at that. And in the next 10 to 15 years, they'll probably be pretty good enough at that to be a pretty solid like neighborhood shuttle in a planned community of some kind. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and and they, have, they have specific and righteous uses such as that. But the problem I have with that is if, if what you want is an AV shuttle in a planned community, like all you've done is eliminated someone's job. Like you haven't done any – like it's not like there's a problem of, of community shuttle drivers crashing and running people over. All you've done is put a guy out of work with this – all this whole technology, all it's done is put a few people out of work, which to me is not a righteous cause. Right. But so, I, I, you know what I love? I love we're talking about uh, cars and self-driving cars. On Bourbon Blog, uh, it's, it, seems <laughs> it seems to be appropriate in some ways. Though, but what's really fun is, though, uh, we're talking about the, the, the future of uh, cars. Uh, someone's asking – we were uh, watching a video last night on flying cars. What do you what, what yeah. do you think of those flying cars? What do you think about these? Okay, so before – I will answer that. But real quick, what interests me about the autonomous cars and stuff is actually not the technology. It's actually the, the ethical dilemmas. And, and, and that, I think, is the most interesting and least explored aspect of it. Silicon Valley – assumes that they that technology should march forward no matter what and look where that got us with social media now flying cars are pretty dumb here's why it takes uh, think about how much noise it takes to get a drone in the air think about how much noise it takes to get a helicopter or an airplane in the air think about what a traffic jam in the air would sound like there is virtually no way to generate enough power to make a 2000 pound car lift without making it sound an awful lot like a goddamn airplane or a helicopter It'd be loud, wouldn't it? yeah and nobody wants the reality of these fucking things flying over their house this <laughs> car i find that very soothing just saying. I, I think what we'll see is you know how you see personal submarines attached to yachts once in a while you ever see shit like that yeah. in the fucking magazines what you'll see is a drone that will seat two people and that will see it on a deck of a yacht and people will fucking fly it around the Caribbean and shit as a, as a thing on their yacht instead of like a helicopter. I think that's what we might see. I don't think there's who the fuck needs a flying car. I mean, who needs, who needs, when do a car and an airplane really need to serve the exact same purpose? <laughs> The practicality of it is, is probably close to nothing. That's the cool thing. Is like, I was going to burn this pile of money, but this is way fucking cooler kind of thing, right? Between car, helicopter, 
airplane and boat like and we can get places like real efficiently <laughs> oh absolutely that jetpack on ebay now that kind of made have you guys heard about the la the mysterious la jetpacker this is a big story in la oh, is tell it made it yeah tell us fucking airline pilots at lax are reporting a dude flying around on a jetpack wow. and four or five different airline pilot pilots uh, have seen this guy and, and said something about it. Um, and someone la uh, this past week got what is a allegedly a photo of a dude in a jetpack flying around. Gee, <laughs> as fuck, if you ask me, like, knock yourself out. Have a good time. <laughs> now, I read you, right. are a fan, you are a fan of the, uh, the DeLorean. You like the DeLoreans, I see. Well, yeah, I am. I had a DeLorean. Uh, yeah. I... I uh, the DeLorean was, when I was a child, um, the car that made me love cars. My yeah. dad, when he brought me home an issue of Car and Driver, it had the DeLorean on the cover, and I and I saw the, the door, and I was like, oh, you know, a car could be – I didn't realize they were kind of shitty when I was five, but I just saw stainless steel and a, a beautiful shape and going doors, and I thought, wow, that's, you know, that's very special. And so when it um, – uh, you know, my I had a Mustang in high school. I, I got a Corvette after that, and and but I did. Uh, uh, but uh, when it came time to buy, you know, my first like special car it was like my uh, my thirtieth or thirty first birthday. I think my thirty first birthday. I went out and I and I got myself a DeLorean, and it was a barn find. I got it and I got it restored by DMC. It was beautifully restored and it was very low mileage. I think it had twenty five hundred miles on it when I bought it and. Um, and I, I, you know, it didn't drive so great. It was not a, what you'd call a driver's car. Like 90, um, like a 90 horsepower Volkswagen engine. No, it was no. It, so from the factory, it was 140 horsepower. And when DMC restored mine, they did what they would, what they called their stage two package, which was a variety of hot rod and upgrades that yielded about 225 horsepower. It sounded really nice, actually. It sounded an awful lot like a Ferrari Dino, which is a lovely sound. It was really cool, um, and it was a beautiful car. And you know what's great about it? If you want to, if you are a little bit of an introvert and you don't want to get a dog, <laughs> get a DeLorean, because because you know uh, the car world is interesting. You know, you can your car is like an outfit a little bit, especially where I live in Los Angeles. And so, you know, when I had a DeLorean. Fucking everybody wanted to talk to me. Everybody. And a lot of it was like corny Back to the Future shit. And I didn't have the patience for it. And that's part of why I sold the car. I love Back to the Future so much. But, oh, yeah. But but, but I had I had to really separate my Back to the Future and my DeLorean. It was like a fucking nightmare. But, <laughs> but, um, Come on, but if you, you know. If you, yeah, that thing go 88, like eat a fucking dick, homie. Um, but, but women loved it. It was really, really, you know. And my, my wife. Um, my wife drives a, a van, a, a Mitsubishi Delica, which is a van that we it was imported from Japan. It's right hand drive. It's a cab over van. Like remember the Toyota Space vans from like the eighties? It's that, but a Mitsubishi, and it's four by four and mid engine and turbo diesel, like a like a Volkswagen Westphalia, but it's but it's Japanese. It's amazing. And it's the most friendly vehicle you'll ever fucking see. People have absolutely no idea what to make of it. And so she meets people at every gas station. And, and she could have a million friends if she wanted to. You know, and so it's, you could drive a really interesting, fun car 
and make a lot of friends like that. But unfortunately, the DeLorean looks a lot better than it drives. If I had unlimited space um, at the time, I would have happily kept it for the rest of my life and driven it three times a year. Uh, at the, I did not have unlimited space, and I had to sell it for space reasons and to, to buy other shit. So, yeah, it's not around anymore, but it was cool for a minute. And you can still find those. To, I mean, I've I've seen them all. You, you can still find those. Right? Oh yeah, they're all yeah they're all over and they're all over and they 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 went up a little bit. I think I so peak DeLorean was 2015, right? Where the future in Back to the Future movie. That's so I bought mine in 2014 and sold it in the beginning of 2016 at uh, what I think was probably a peak DeLorean price, and I, I did pretty well on it actually. My I my old man. Who was a very uh, an extreme rock star of a businessman, um, and 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 a very savvy investor, and and a really really smart guy when it comes to business. And I'm not that guy, but um, he was he was impressed that I was able to t- to turn a, an 18 percent profit on a DeLorean in two years. <laughs> I was like, All right, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I uh, yeah, <laughs> it was all right. Stock it was okay. Falling. Matt, look, I heard you know what? 80%. Yeah. Uh, Tom, where are you at? So I am on the border of Indiana and Kentucky. That's where oh, I'm wow. with, with wow. Oh, we're not Well, that them. makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? A lot yeah. of the bourbon is made, and uh, we're all we're all some great places. And I want to tell everybody, if you're a fan of, of what you're hearing now, you probably have already heard of Smoking Tire, but if you haven't, you're not subscribed, subscribe to the SmokingTire.com podcast. you got a lot of great videos up there, too. You're a... Uh, what how, what's the what's what's it been like to produce content uh, during the pandemic for you? What's it, how has this changed the game of what you do the last ten months? You know, I'm very lucky. First off, you know, none of my none of my family's been sick, and and really we haven't we haven't we haven't really had any any COVID in my my little community. Uh, the benefit of only having four friends <laughs> and, <laughs> and living and living on the opposite opposite co- You know, everyone I know. I don't really know anyone really from LA. Everyone I know is from somewhere else. So right. what's really sucked for all of us is we really haven't seen our parents. Um, but 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 because we don't see our parents, you know, regularly, it's sort of not. It's, it's not that we haven't been extremely cautious. We have, but but still, we work with a very small group of people. As I'm trying to say, um, in the beginning, it was completely fucked. All the advertisers pulled their money away. All the car companies canceled all the loans. It was completely fucked. We were very worried. And then it started to come back. And then uh, as businesses, uh, they were dealing with, you know, when people are stuck at home, they really absorb a lot of content, you know. And we thought the podcast, because people weren't commuting, uh, they wouldn't listen to the podcast. Well, now they're listening to it while they're fucking – building their daughter a playhouse at home or, or whatever it is, you know, and, and, and people were still consuming content and, and consuming it online. And, and so once we got past, you know, May, really um, beginning of May, middle of May. So we had, we had, we had eight weeks that were just horrible. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and, and actually, you know, we, we finished the year, you know, up quite a bit from last year. We're, we're very fortunate. We were able to uh, capitalize on the opportunity. And I don't mean that in a, in a bad way at all. I mean, I'm, 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 
I'm more than sympathetic to anyone who's who's suffered. The restaurant people, the bar people. I mean, it's a, just it's a it's a nightmare, especially you know in California. Like, is it right to close? Is it wrong to close? Like, uh, 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 I don't know. It seems like probably it was, but like you got to help people out too if you're closing. Like, ah, uh, you know. And so, uh, so I'm I'm so fortunate that my little shop didn't have to close. My 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 business, my media business didn't have to close. I didn't have to take any loans, which was nice. Um, I don't I don't like taking loans. I don't need so so that's good. Um, I'm sure those loans helped a lot of people, but I didn't need any, which was great. But um, and and when they figured out how to get us cars again, they got us cars again. And you know, as it turns out, one of the you know, I, I bet your I bet the fucking bourbon business is like off the goddamn chain right now. I mean, it's got to be insane. You know, the business I'm in, which is collector cars and collector watches is off the fucking chain i mean right. you know the 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 i don't know about the car fa- the the watch factory is shutting down the fact that ap and paddock and rolex shut down their factories for eight months the used fucking rolex market is like eight thousand percent up i mean it's ridiculous it's all silly and people are getting so used to shopping at home that the online car auction sites People are paying fucking ridiculous money for cars. You know, they're, they're sitting at home. They're not traveling. They're not going out in restaurants and drinking and whatever. So they got a little extra cash. I mean, some of them, I realize other people are really suffering. But, you know, there's some people who, who are suffering a little less. They're just stuck at home. They're not suffering financially. Maybe they're suffering mentally, like me. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, and, 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 Collector cars are way up. Collector watches are way up. Um, you know, indulgence items. You know, be- when the stock market gets volatile, you know, buying a vintage Ferrari might not be such a bad idea. Maybe it goes up. Maybe it goes down. But it'll probably never be worth zero. And in the meantime, I'll fuck around with a vintage Ferrari. You know, and so and and so, you know, if you like driving. You know, where I live in California, we've got some of the best roads in the world. Right. You know, driving your old car is a, it's a nice thing to do by yourself. You know, uh, driving to a hike in the mountains, that's a nice thing to do away from people. So the car boom in California has been, fucking, night, been pretty wild. It's, it's been, been a lot. There's been, been a lot. Old, old cars buying. You know, my other business, my, my, my other job is West Side Collector Car Storage. So, where I live on the west side of LA, there's not a lot of places to park a nice car. Uh, people could have a five million dollar townhouse on the beach, two car garage, no driveway. If you're a successful couple, you know where does your fun car go? Well, maybe with me. And so, you know, we opened in September 1st of 2020, uh, and and you know we've got 75 cars in the building after you know four months. Um, during a, a period of economic downturn. So people are clearly fucking with automobiles right now. You right. know, and so watch the new business. Tell us about that. What is it? The, uh, you know, YouTube and, uh, the gig economy online media is like a casino. You can be up, you can be down, but you don't actually win until right. you take your money and leave and you buy something with it. Like that's when you win actually. You're, when you're sitting there with a pile of money, you know there's people who I who I see that are really making money hand over fist on YouTube, and and God bless them, they're doing well. And I, I like to see it. I like to see. I don't see YouTube as a competition. I see it as 
as as as uh, there's enough enough eyeballs in the world Open for market. everybody. Yeah, but, if you're doing something awesome, like I want to see you succeed. Like I'm not I'm not trying to, to to tear too many people down, you know, unless you are a dick to me or something. But but um, the bottom line is, you don't if you're so heavily invested in that, like YouTube kind of owns you. You know, the algorithm can change or whatever. Like so, what's important is is taking that that success and going elsewhere into something you control for some, maybe it's merchandise, maybe it's a podcast where you're selling ads, maybe it's whatever. For me, um, I built a 110 car collector car storage facility in Playa Vista, California, right across the street from Google and the uh, Clippers practice building and Facebook and a few other cool people. Uh, And, um, We've got 75 cars in there now, and I hope to have, I don't know, five or six of these things eventually, but we've got a, an extremely premium building that is like nothing anyone's ever seen, and I know that for certain because I'm the first person to ever build what we built. Uh, we've got 18 indoor quad stackers, which is quite a sight, and um, it's just it's a beautiful place to go to work, and got a lot of happy customers and a really eclectic group of cars, and a lot of female car enthusiasts storing cars with us, which makes me very happy. It's disproportionate female compared to, like, say, the audience in my videos, which is like 98% men. You know, compared to that, we're about 30% female at WCCS for membership. And, you know, and, 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 you know, brick and mortar for certain things is going to, it's a forever thing, you know, and you, you know, you fill it up and you collect some checks and it's not supposed to be very hard. <laughs> and that's, Congrats, bro! You got to come see it when 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 you guys travel travel west. Um, and I encourage everyone. There's photos on our website. Yep. We had beautiful cars uh, uh, in the racks, and I mean it's a really amazing thing. I, I call it. We call it the main room. We call it the cathedral room because it's 45 feet tall, and cars are stacked to the ceiling, and light really comes in in a very beautiful way. It's incredibly photogenic, and and so. Um, and we do free LAX pickups. So a lot of our clients are from out of town, you know, people who come to LA for business or come to LA to see family. And while they're here, they'd rather drive their own car than a rental car. So instead of a fucking Hertz, whatever, you know, they leave a GT3 with me and they drive something hot while they're in town or they leave an old E30 with me and they drive something classic while they're in town. And, and you know, it's, it's not a cheap place to keep your car, but you know, we do free airport pickup and stuff like that. And so it can, you can, it's, it's not necessarily a value proposition, but you know, if you came to town and used our services, it would definitely even itself out. So brick and mortar, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep it kind of old school, keep it kind of conservative and, and hopefully, you know, become a landlord, you know, and that will allow me the flexibility to do the stories that are the most interesting and not the stories that are the most profitable. You know, that's, I think, whatever, that's what all, that's what everyone's goal really not, I don't want to say should be because other people can have their own goals, but anyone who does something creative, I just think wants the ability to do it without having to worry too much about the money on the back end because that's shitty. So we're trying to not do that. Well done with that. We put the website up there, WCCS.com, uh, to see the picture. The premium uh, domain name. And that is, that is <laughs> Did you did somebody else that with with other letters have that? How did you how did you go about tracking that one down? Money, it's just money. You have to buy money. it. It's so it wasn't money. like the uh, West Side something else. No. <laughs> four letter a four letter domain name that starts with a W. 
you know, because you got, you know, TV stations and radio stations oh, yeah. would bid would want that, yeah. you know. So so that's a that was a that was a premium one, but actually I think it worked because when I started it was written out, it was westsidecollectorcarstorage.com and it was just like, oh my god, how am I going to explain this bullshit? People were stoking <laughs> Where they type it in. It's just, it was just too many goddamn letters. And I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was an expensive domain name, but in the grand scheme of things, it was really, really worthwhile. Just maybe in my own like carpal tunnels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, speaking of which, can I fucking, let me tell you, praise be iPhone mini. Yeah. The, look at this. Look at my meat fucking hand around this phone. This is the greatest. I am mo I'm so excited about this. I'm so because I've had tendinitis in both my arms from wow. driving and from fucking phone use and the fact that I can have a small phone. I don't need like IMAX movies on my phone. I just want something that fits in my pocket <laughs> and that I can do hold it with one hand and I'm so happy. It's the best. It's the best ever. I tell you, I can't, I can't wait to get out there. I'm, I'm actually in L.A., uh, Southern California, at least a couple months out of the year, usually hosting whiskey tastings in L.A. And really? So I'm out there a lot. So next time I'm out there, hopefully in 2021 when things are better. Can we have one at Westside Collector Car Storage? I would love in that. In the cathedral room? There. Yeah. That sounds can, awesome. Let's do that. We can get a, yeah, like, we get a 10 or 11 cases of that 15-year-old. We'll, you know, we can do uh, cigars, too, because in the I main room, what we have is we have a 36,000 cubic feet per minute exhaust fan system. I can run 10 cars at a time indoors, which is really cool. Baby, we're, 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 we're in. I mean, fuck. We'll I will roll seven cones. <laughs> Love it. And, and so many good whiskeys being made in, uh, in California, too. So a lot of, lot of great whiskeys hey, out there. Tom, have you fucked with that... Um, Oh god damn it! What's it called? Lost Spirits. I know those guys. Yeah, I've been to their distillery. Yeah, have they're Willy, their fucking Willy Wonka ass distillery. Yes, have you, you been, have that place? been in that experience? Did yeah, I have. I have. It was amazing. I, I found it very interesting. The except, trip. and and I thought I thought their philosophy on not watering down their product was was generous. Yeah, they were all. They were all. We're not going to water it down. If you want it, that's okay. But on the tasting, <laughs> on the Willy Wonka tasting, we were basically sipping gasoline. <laughs> and, and what happened was, you know, does your your audience know what they do there? Do you want to give them a little background yeah, on what I'll, Lost Spirits does? I mean, so I mean, part of it is the amusement park, like uh, no, no, not that, not that. Not the, that the, part. The, the, this the, guy the, used to work in amusement parks, but they're actually taking this. Um, they're doing a very modern technology of making spirits taste older. And they actually yeah. do that. The rums that I had that were just a few years old tasted like they could be 10 or 15. I actually have a run of the rums in my yeah. basement. I love it. Uh, and they have a scotch they've made taste older, but yeah, they're smart guys. And it's, it's pretty amazing what they do. We found it. My wife and I went and we found it so interesting. So yeah. in the tour, you know, they you they they literally built a fucking Willy Wonka tour. You get on this fake boat. I mean, it's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. The whole thing is absurd. But yeah. like I, I guess they sold their technology to somebody and just printed money and they just wanted yeah. to play. So God bless. But then they take you in the back and they tell you how they do this shit. So they they distill, they have a beautiful, you know, a, a traditional still where they make their white dog. And then they have this <laughs> they have this machine and they buy old furniture. 
that's made of specific wood, vintage right. furniture. They chop it down. They put the wood in this machine with the white dog, and they blast it with UV light for like a week. Yes. And boom, chicka wow wow, they have unlocked the essence of old wood into the white dog, and they have recreated the flavor profile of a 15 to 20 year aged. Amazing. amazing. And holy shit, it actually, it because it, it's so genius because they didn't they didn't go how do we speed up aging? They went. How do we take this flavor profile and just find a completely different path to end up there? Science and chemistry, baby. Amazing. It's fucking wild. It's really good. We love the Lost Spirits. Um, great but tour. they should serve it at 80 fucking proof on the tour because the flavor you know, proofs. What I was getting at was they give you a bottle of water to wash in between. The, right. the, the, the shots tasted like my asshole. The water after shot tasted glorious and i went oh I, there's a flavor in here that's excellent but it needs to be dialed way back because this tastes like gasoline i'm yeah. going to you know we're, we're supposed to you know capitalize and shit i'm opening up my own water shop right outside this fucking factory the water I'm like 27 dollars a bottle it's good shit you have you guys done a water tasting before or is it a uniquely la thing yeah that's probably like i said new york like city Plus, New York. That's well, Maddie would probably enjoy. I mean, you, I would enjoy it too. From here, man. Waters and everyone's <laughs> water sucks. I'm like, no, my man. New York's water comes from a New York water's water. good. Yeah, New York in reservoir, baby. Yeah, New York water's water, good. There's a the water yeah. can matter a lot. It can. I tell you a few a few others I like uh, from California. There's a really amazing if you like a real strong smoke element. There's a really great distillery from Oxnard, California, that's making Warbringer. Have you had Warbringer, Brethren? Mm -hmm. It's called the South. That's a great name. I love the names. Yeah, stuff Warbringer. Like Warbringer. I mean, Warbringer that's really a presumptuous intent. Like <laughs> it's serious. It's serious stuff. The, the Warbringer guy. for when you think you might not come home. Often uh, <laughs> <laughs> straight flags. Now I'm not. I'm already thinking of the marketing. Hmm. The Warbringer. I mean, that's a that's a really. The really guy good. that makes it is a real scientist. He um he comes up with this way to to really just smoke the hell out of the grains. Uh, Josh Barnett, the MMA fighter, is uh, Josh Barnett. He's the you know he's the homie. You know yeah. I know that dude. Do you know Josh? He is yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he's the homie. People. So Josh and the uh, founder of Warbringer, uh, David, good friend of mine, they got together and they uh, they did this this barrel proof Warbringer bourbon. So you we know, had Josh, Josh is a uh, he's a he's really into cars. Yeah, yeah, he we, is. We, we relate on a, a, a car level. I'm not that into fighting. Honestly, I've never right. even fucking seen the guy fight. Right. <laughs> we only ever talked about cars. Like, I know he's a fighter, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. We had Josh on the show a few months ago trying the Warbringer. It's amazing stuff. Nice uh, they, they do a great process. So we love the Warbringer from Oxnard. Um Sonoma, Sonoma County Distilling Company. They make some great bourbon in Sonoma, and also Savage and Cook uh, is Dave Finney's Distillery. They're doing some uh, some uh, bourbon and used wine barrels. It's amazing stuff too. So, oh, I like that. I like yeah. the, I like the wine barrel age. Dude, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you so get a little of that. Like, is it like Merlot they use? It's like some kind of uh, red yeah, wine flavor, they're right? Using a variety. They're using some cab barrels from Dave Finney Distilleries, and they're using on their. Um, they do one called Lip Service, which is finished in used Grenache barrels from France from Dave Finney. I bet whoever gets to toast those barrels, I bet that smells delicious. They're amazing. 
My favorite, you know, my favorite, my favorite smell in the entire world. What is it? Is the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? When I went to the Buffalo Trace Distillery and I smelled that wood and that corn together, that was the greatest smell. I mean, it was sweet and it was, that was uh, that moment when I got there, because I went to Buffalo Trace for um, a film I did with a Corvette Z06 in 2015. That was, that was when I first uh, uh, got into bourbon. Yeah. I went. To, I went to Kentucky to do a Corvette thing. We 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 did a bourbon thing. We went to Buffalo Trace, and I and I really learned about bourbon from them. And that was where I kind of super got into Blanton's. Blanton's is my oh, yeah. shit. Uh, Blanton's is my okay. jam. I have I um these selections I have here are very good, and I will stand by. I will stand yeah. by them. But I actually felt a little dumb because my best shit is at my cigar lounge at the shop. And I forgot to bring it home because I'm stupid. But so, that smell at the Buffalo Trace Distillery was the, the best smell I think I've ever smelled. Amazing. It is, it is a great place. It's, uh, you know, so many great, of course, the Pappy's Age there, the, mm-hmm. the George T. Stagg. Have you gotten any of the uh, gold edition, the uh, barrel proof from Blanton's? I have. I had a Blanton's gold. I have a friend out here. Um, my friend, my friend Dave, he works in Hollywood. He's a visual effects supervisor, and he is like a junkie with the fucking Facebook groups and all this stuff. And I mean, he's got, I mean, you know, he's got hundreds of bottles of all high end crazy shit. Right. And um, we sent some bottles. He he was a big fan of of Opie, and and I and and we sent some bottles to Opie, and he I got him on Opie's podcast with me. Actually, it was he he because he, he he's from New York, and he was a big fan of O and A and kind of came full circle but i've tried all that great stuff and and every year for my birthday he buys me some next level shit and then do you know johnny lieberman and motor trend i mean he's a big bourbon snob as well so he always brings me some crazy shit when he comes on the podcast or for my birthday and he's bought me the boss hog he's brought me some some really good stuff and so i i'm very lucky i don't have to buy a lot of bottles you know, I can't drink it as fast as people buy it. You know, bring it by the studio for the show. They always people bring gifts. It's very nice of them, and uh, we've got a lot of booze around, so I don't, I don't have to buy anything. I love it. Did you try this year's Boss Hog, the Magellan's Atlantic? No, tell me about it. Should so I? So it is. It is, and so I was actually saying in a, uh, a a show earlier I was doing earlier tonight. It is probably one of my favorite whiskeys of the last several years. It's a seventeen-year-old. Really? Uh, whistle pig that's been finished in teak wood and ex Spanish barrels. It's out of this world. The newest boss hog is, is amazing. They're all the, every boss hog's amazing, but this year's is just hmm. probably the best they've ever done. It really is interesting. Yeah, I'll check that out. What yeah. is it? Is it enormous money like all the boss hogs? So, yeah, all the boss hogs, um, they go for 500 each because, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're all really good, they're all really old, uh, rye whiskeys, so they're they're well worth it. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will check that out. That sounds you know that um the best I think the best store by me is the wine house in West LA yep. has yep. a great selection. Um offline, if you know the DL spot that I don't know in LA, I'd love a recommendation because I'll help you where, find I live, where I live by the beach, man, they fucking rip you off. But I mean oh, yeah. plans is 90 bucks. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Not about that life. Um but uh, no, I, it's always I'm always down to try new shit too. Like you know, whatever people send bottles. Like I got something over here, 
Litchfield Distillery. Someone gave me it was pretty good. I was I was I've about heard, that. It. Did you like it? I'm not I'm not trying. Yeah, to I thought it. it was decent. Yeah, it, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like didn't didn't change the game, but it was nice. This whatever this is, this uh, Montgomery American Single Malt, which is from Montana, yeah. uh, is it's only five years, uh, but it's very nice. Uh, uh, notes of honey, toffee, and malt with warm spice, fig, and raisin on the finish. The it's single from Missoula, malt. Montana. Yeah, the single malt category is blowing up. The single malts, um, those are really becoming one of the bigger ones that we're seeing among uh, craft distilleries. Just so many great ones. So many great people joining us. Uh, Walken, I see. Grand you know, you know what's another good one? I'll, I'll take a quick left yeah, real please. quick. Please. We just went to Tahiti two weeks before fucking lockdown back in February. Went to Tahiti. It was awesome. This um, this Perry Perry rum of Taha'a. Spectacular. Wow. Tiny little cane sugar processing plant on a tiny little fucking island, you know, and this beautiful rum. I mean, really, really, really beautiful rum. I can't recommend it highly enough. I don't even know if you can find it in America. If <laughs> you can, get it. It's go amazing. to Tahiti. Also, <laughs> go to Tahiti. I can't. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Tahiti. I cannot recommend that highly enough. I mean, seriously, you want to talk about you want to talk about a place that is extremely next level, extremely next level, and probably a little less expensive than you think. Um, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It really, really is a fabulous, fabulous. But I'm gonna be go. I'm gonna go back as many times as they'll let me. Say it again, Maddie. I did Fiji, and that was life changing. But everyone, uh, once yeah. you get Polynesian, all those islands, man, it's uh, it's just a different. Part of life when you get out there totally and what's cool about tahiti is the french influence so you've got your island culture and then you've got your baguette culture the <laughs> the role of the baguette in everyday life <laughs> in bora bora will never cease to amaze me <laughs> you go i went to bora bora how was it the fucking baguettes i mean they were off the chain <laughs> <laughs> then you're like wait what yeah huh yeah, no, no it's amazing. There's a qu'est-ce I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, baguettes. Two poly français, you'll kind of say baguettes. Are you, Maddie? are you Are you a boater? Or Tom, are you a, say, a boater, a sailor, a yachtsman, anything like that? I like going on boats. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I have no such skills. I've been uh, on other people's boats. I like a ride, though. I do. We've explained this. I do have a very special skill. Now, again, this is a very East Coast thing. If you need an asshole to remove all the sea robins so you can catch all the good fish, you call me. There could be six sea robins. I will catch fucking all of them. The thing is, where's Matt? Listen to the sound of pulling a sea robin off a hook. They're like, that has a sound? And all that. I'm like, how come you guys caught bluefish? I'm like, you caught another sea robin? Like, that's a record. I'm like, Fuck you. So I yeah. used to do bluefish back oh, in the in the sound back in the day. Bunker and bluefish. Yeah. It was good. It's a good life. Bunker yeah. and bluefish. Yeah, yeah, it's all um, right. See Robbins for you every time. We're like fuck <laughs> this. Matt, what did you pull in? Everyone, go fuck themselves. Enjoy your catch. I hate you all. My <laughs> catch. It's fucking sea robins. That's hilarious. all right. I'm gonna pour a little bit right now to, to toast with you there. Uh Matt, what do you got? It's great to it's great when we have two mats in the show. I'm gonna put I'm gonna toast a little of the whistle pig. I'm gonna I'm gonna pour a little of this 15 uh with you there and um so, have a little of that. And I want to mention to everybody watching, if you like this video uh on social, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, 
and you also share it, you automatically get entered to win that Janus Coffee Roasters. Um, amazing bourbon. It's a bourbon barrel aged coffee. And I got to tell oh, you, yeah, they already do an, a great one, uh -huh. Chad Bates and the gang. But probably this next week, Maddie, uh, the one that I partnered with, uh, Chad, they're from Wyoming. We have partnered with them on a Breckenridge bourbon barrel aged coffee, bourbon blog, and uh, uh, Janus Coffee Roasters. It's going to be available probably next week. Chad's telling me just now. So. I just got some of those bourbon beans. Those are good. Oh, as amazing! Far. We got to get so you out, there. Chad. You're. I know you're out there, Chad. Matt's family. We got to make sure we get Matt some beans. Like, no. Yeah. Roasts out of. You know what I do with that? Here's what I do with that. I would do cold brew, and then I'd make it pretty intense, and then I would carbonate. Because I love, I fuck, I fuck with the uh, with the whipping siphon. Oh, so, you're so I would I would carbonate the cold brew, and then I would go like twist of orange, maybe or something like that. Like the fucking, it would be the bomb. Dude. Do I need to say that in special? Because I know you can't yeah. get there. We got to. You know, I'm sponsored by AeroPress. You know, AeroPress is one oh. of my sponsors. No, I didn't know. Oh. Do you know that I figured out how to have my entire life sponsored? It's worked out really well. Everything I like in my life, I've gotten to pay me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And you're sitting here talking about getting whiskey to sponsor you. I'm thinking, you know, I've often thought, could I get a car brand to sponsor me? But I'm whiskey. I don't know if that. I don't know if I could have the crossover there. Could I? A hundred percent. Patron Highcroft race. You know the 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 connection between liquor and racing yeah. is both ironic, hilarious, and persistent. Yeah. <laughs> has to be moonshiners getting out of town and all that. Yeah. yeah, I mean NASCAR's foundations are liquor, pretty much. <laughs> and, yeah, no, you can definitely get a liquor company and a car company to sponsor you for sure. Um, you just have to you'd have to do something very corny like drop sets of keys into some bowl and be like, now I'm gonna put the car away and you know it's it, it's a little, it's a fine line. I walk a fine line. I mean, I pretty much, yeah. you know, to have a ganja sponsor and then also drive real fast cars real fast is a is a pretty fine line to walk. Right, right. Well, we want to make sure everybody knows we only uh, we only promote responsible drinking. Don't drink and drive. Obviously, we love cars. We love whiskey. I wanted to show you this also, and thanks, Annabelle, just grabbed this for me. My wife was so kind because I had the Boss Hog close by tonight uh this is the new boss hog this is wow. the um this is the pig oh wow look at that that's fabulous. holding up uh you know cape there doing the whole running of the um of the bulls so you got to try out the new boss hog that's the that's it look i mean look look how sad mine is. mine is so mine sucks mine doesn't have a, love this mine doesn't have a gargoyle you're gonna love this boss <laughs> hog. very good sweet tea yeah all right sweet tea. i'm gonna go I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with you, Tom. We're yeah, going we'll with the ball. Ball. 15. The fifth the 15 is so good with a cigar, too. I mean, the 15 is the depth on the 15 is amazing with a cigar. It's so nice. Are you personally offended that there's ice in my glass? I don't know. No, I like ice sometimes. It's good. Absolutely. You know what the most important oh, way to drink whiskey is? Whatever the fuck way you feel like. I, I agree. Stainless steel bin. Stainless steel bin, my ice my he was distilled in. Fantastic. Um what? Maybe coats of, of Dawn, possibly, or whatever they've cleaned the uh, the iced tea thing with. But, yeah, cheers. Did somebody yeah. rob your bottle? What's up? What's your deal? What's the deal with Matty Rock? Matty Rock? Not... Anymore. Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. Good for you. I apologize for making it a thing. Enjoy your iced tea. That's hilarious. That's, that's what 
50 months. <laughs> when you smoke a $100 cigar, you're supposed to have McDonald's sweets. That's what you're supposed to do. That's, the That's way. what Carl would do if he wasn't yep. drinking. It yeah. is, probably. I, you, know, I, you know what I watch all the time, Maddie? I watch probably twice a week is Carl's uh, iPhone food reviews. I watch him. I watch him talk about the Outback Steakhouse and Apple and Applebee's and Cracker Barrel and shit. Like, at least at least once a month. I mean, some of the lines in that fucking, you know, he to to what there's there was very little content on YouTube that was more authentic and smart than that kind of stuff. And dude, I miss him every day and I couldn't agree more, bro. I, I have two portraits of that dude hanging in my office. I should probably put one somewhere else. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm no. going I'm wearing the wheezing uh the wheezing bracelet. This was from uh from Guy's from Memorial. Yep. Yeah. Actually, you know who's Guy has not to drop not to just straight celebrity name drop, but you know after Carl's uh, memorial, guy didn't go away. You know, he he. If I text him, he gets back to me within five minutes. I mean, it's for someone that's as busy as that guy is. He is one of the nicest, most generous people. I mean, I've never. I'm shocked. You know, when I when I, when I went to Carl's memorial and and it was kind of like, who are you? And and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the you know I'm the car guy. And then he figured it out like a half hour later who I was. He's like, oh no, you're that guy. Oh okay, cool. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a bummer because I could always text Carl twenty four seven my my food questions. He goes, here's my number. You text me. I go, okay. He goes, I'm but but I'm gonna text you for my car questions. And okay, and he actually has, uh, which is which is interesting. And, and I'm I'm renovating a house. I bought a new house with my wife, and we're gonna we're renovating. And I, and the best fucking guy line is I, I asked him what you know because I asked Carl about the, my kitchen when he came here and cooked for me in my in my house in my kitchen, and I said, "What's what's the what's the number one upgrade I need to do in my kitchen?" And he was like, "The pedals, the foot pedals for the sink, right? The hot and the cold foot pedals." I looked into it. It's fucking like five thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm not doing the foot pedals, so. Then I at Carl's memorial, and we went to I went to Guy's house with Opie. And he he got me at to Guy's house. I wasn't really invited, but he got Opie. I went in with Opie, and I and I asked Guy about his kitchen, which was the most incredible kitchen I've ever seen in my life. And I he goes, "It's all about those BTUs, brother." And he pulled he pulled like six shrimp out of the fridge. He goes, "Watch this!" and fucking throws a pan on and his stove is 36,000 BTUs. The the most powerful stove I can find in like the 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 high end stove catalog is like 22,000. This dude's stove is so crazy. And he makes these shrimp. He throws some fucking butter and some garlic and bam, you know, and he makes shrimp in like 30 seconds. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck? What sorcery is that? <laughs> uh, I, I will echo that, Matt. We've been uh, we've been fortunate to spend some time with Guy as well. He usually comes to Kentucky Derby, and he has been great to, to give us some great interviews. Yeah. We've had some great whiskey with him and lit up a few cigars. And sometimes in the uh, the, the $1,000 mint julep tent, we've um, had some great stuff with him. So he's... He is splendid. He does a great when, job. Uh, remember that shirt I sold, Manny Rock? The 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 shirt of Carl the, with the pizza, and it said, "Don't trust your own taste." Chances are you have none. To, to, to uh, paraphrase, it was money, man. It was a great shirt, right? We raised um, 
we we ended up we ended up donating it to um to guys you know restaurant relief fund and it was like oh it was like almost 20 g's actually it was good it was good it was nice it was i'm glad we got to do it was you know it seemed it seemed pertinent at the time that it was that it should be done in the yep agreed chef's uh honor but you know i got i you know when he came to my house he he wanted to cook for me and i and i had him make me matzo ball soup and uh and and I didn't write down how he fucking did it. And so it took me like seven or eight tries uh, to actually get it right, remembering and writing down, you know, what he did. I finally got it right. It's, it, I actually did get it right. And I have the recipe written down. And now I make it for really special people um, because it is the most – it is the most – Labor and dish intensive. When he, when Carl came to my house and made this dish, he filled my sink like he had a fucking mira mira dishwasher waiting, <laughs> waiting there to clean everything. My sink was piled. Oh, you're so so and you stuck with that shit. Hey, I cooked a meal, cause you're done. Fucking <laughs> yeah, and so he spends three hours making matzo ball soup in my in my kitchen. We're drinking. And, and then after we eat the matzo ball soup, I mean, we make this thing. It takes hours, hours. We eat it. And he goes, now let's go to dinner. <laughs> I, go, I go, I thought we just had dinner. You spent all afternoon making this. I thought this was dinner. <laughs> not because. Not because. Now we're going to go to dinner. And he takes yeah, me to ATL. He takes me to Adam Perry Lang. Wow. You could be you could be going at Matt. We're starting here. We end up here. Like where are we going? To the oldest Polish place in New Jersey. He goes, All right, here we're going next. The Look, last place that makes British pasties. Carl gave me this. This is the uh, this is the an image from uh, 2019 of the hundred best restaurants in LA. LA Eater magazine. Wow. Original artwork, hundred best restaurants in LA. Uh, visualized. And so I, we started going to them and using dry erase markers and crossing them out like a fucking shit. And then my housekeeper, bless her heart, fucking wiped the shit. <laughs> oh, it's better. I, I had a worse one. You want to hear a bad house? Uh, let me tell you about a housekeeper fuck up. And bless her heart, Rosa meant well. <laughs> but back in the oh, day, Rosa. back in the day, me and my roommates, we grew some fucking super, super fire ganj. We had like six, eight plants at the crib at my old house when we used to live together, me and my friends, right? And we grew this weed and we tr we trimmed it. It was fucking so fire. It was delightful, right? Everything was great. This was when, when wax was really coming out. And so we learned how to make wax, dabs, you know, which is, for those who don't know, concentrated THC, really high, hot, 90% concentrated THC. So we made... This, it's this PVC pipe thing, and you put all your clippings and shit in there, and then you use CO2, liquid CO2, to freeze the crystals off, and this goo comes out the other end, and we put it into a pie plate. And our, our housekeeper fucking washed the pie plate and washed like $2,000, $3,000. Because it looked kind of like we had made like a pecan pie and, not, and just not washed the I could just see 10 people that look like freaking John Penn from uh, Fast Rock. Dude! <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it was, it was thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh yeah, I could I could feel that thing. Bro, what happens? Oh my god. Washington. Major major fan. And you know what do you what do you do? Yell it yell at the housekeeper for cleaning the sticky goo off of a pie plate. You know what I mean? Like you can't even be mad. You can't be mad at that. Like oh the, oh sorry. Those were my drugs. If you, were, <laughs> you were supposed to know. If you were super stoned at the time, I could see the story. This is the kind of goo you leave. This is the kind of goo that's bad that you use extra. Oh my god. Yeah. Goo, I didn't... Bad goo. There needs to be a master class on what type of goo should be washed down the drain and should not. The whistle pig. The whistle pig. The whistle pig. So good. It's bad. Not so nice. As as rye gets older and older, it's one of those things that it just like the way bourbon ages picks up the char is one thing, but when rye ages, it's more like a cognac. I love the 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 elegance of an old rye. You know, fifteen year old rye. Like this one, actually, uh, the last distillery, well, outside of Kentucky, we've been going to Peerless the last few months, um, but outside of Kentucky, the last distillery we went to, we were actually at Whistlepig in Vermont when the uh, shutdown happened. So we were right there sipping some great stuff, and we came back home. So that was one of the last places we went. Uh, you know what's really embarrassing? What's that? I just, I just learned that this was rye and not bourbon right now. So I never, really read, never really read the bottom half of 100%, 100 the bottom. 100% rye. <laughs> All right, no, it's amazing. Attention to attention to detail from the journalist uh, in the room. <laughs> we love the ten, we love the twelve. Uh, we're gonna make sure you try the peerless at some point. We will. Again, for all those just joining us, it's uh, bourbonblog.com forward slash live, and uh, we do these every every Saturday about eight p.m. Eastern. Do we know who's gonna be with us next week, Matt? Couple the deck for New Year, but we got artist Mario Pena slated for January. We got. Furio from The Sopranos. Wow. Have really? Couple. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll join. Oh, what's his, fuck, what's his you real name? Uh, Federico. Uh, Federico. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, Yo, I am the biggest Sopranos fan okay. ever. All right. You know how many times I watched the whole shit all the way through? Like, so fucking many times. Cigar guy, man. So we will. Uh, we That's will, awesome. So I got to figure out the schedule because I'm slacking for the new year. And then we have some other. Uh, Ernie Padilla. The famous cigar maker who's been who's been making cigars for uh, 25 years. So we'll have Ernie on the show. So I'm just going to go figure out dates and uh, and we will drop a line. All you guys and gals out there by Wednesday, you will know who next Saturday's guest is going so, to be. So many great people coming up, of course. Um, amazing to have Matt Fair of the Smoking Tire tonight. And if you did happen to join us someplace halfway through just now, this video will be up permanently on YouTube. Twitter and Facebook, and will also be uh, on Bourbon Blogs podcast. We love the uh, the Smoking Tire podcast, but if you're a whiskey fan, you like spirits, subscribe. We drink on that show too. Well, yeah, we have you drink on your show. We we get to drink as we do the podcast. How good is that, right? It helps the voice. It helps the thoughts. What else does it help? Yeah, it's excellent. It helps everything, doesn't it? It helps. It helps me really speak my truth. It's me too. Me too. So subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to uh, the Smoking Tire, which again you can find on smokingtire.com. You can find all our shit on the smokingtire.com, but Love all it. the social media, all the YouTubes, the Smoking Tire. Just look for it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite podcast? As people Google these, they're like, Do you have an a episode? Favorite? A favorite episode? Yeah, favorite episode? yeah. Nah, I mean, no. No. I mean, if you. 
you know, if you want to listen to your podcast, it's just wherever wherever you download podcasts. I mean, I don't. I, oh, Jesus, right. that's a pressure question. No, I don't have yeah. a favorite episode. I don't. But if you want, I had so it's a weird thing to plug. But I had another podcast, not the Sun yes. Tire. It's, yeah. it's 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 not defunct. It got taken over by other hosts. I walked away from it, which was my podcast about watches, and it was called Watch and Listen. Right, and it was really fun while it lasted. I while I left it is not important. What is important is that there was an episode called Carl Ruins Everything, and it's oh. me and Carl doing radio about watches. And Carl, you know, he had a perspective about the world. That, in my opinion, only people like a George Carlin, a Patrice O'Neill, uh, maybe a Dave Chappelle, you know, in their own way. And we're talking about professional comedians, and I'm talking about a fucking chef. To, you know, I Carl taught me a lot of what I know about watches. Um, a, a lot of my taste in watches comes from what I thought Carl thought was cool. And I think he had great taste, and 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 so um, there's the episode of watch of watch and listen podcast that I did where uh, we talk. It's Carl ruins everything, is what it's called. And he also did another one with the history of Rolex, which was very funny. Wow. Um, and and where Carl, room, bro, you know that. Well, I mean, he just he had he had the knowledge. He had the it was it was the combination of the technical knowledge and the historical knowledge, but also the eye. He had the eye. But also the street smarts, and so it was—it's a combination of all those things. And so, so you know, I uh, I, I love the Smoke Tire podcast. I love the every day getting to to fucking talk to my friends and interesting people about cars and shit. But also considering you know I'm here with Maddie Rock and I'm here with you, Tom. Like, yeah. if you want an entry point into my world, and you are familiar with Carl from 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 this podcast. I would say if you find that that episode, it's it's an entry into my world with Carl, in which I think it's it's one of the things that I that I um, I most enjoy going back and listening to. Um, everything Carl said in that show was right, <laughs> and every everything he told me to do, I did, and it was right. <laughs> he, had, he had a he had a sixth sense about the world around him. He was always right. Um, yeah, he really figured it out. Yep. Well, we use that hashtag, and it's and everyone has a different perception of what it is, and we know it's Ruizing. Matt does Ruizing, so Ruizing is living life yeah. at its fullest on your terms. So Ruizing, having the best yeah. meal, the best drink, the best smoke, the best anything, the best chick, that's what Ruizing is. Live your life to the full, and if you're doing it without hurting anybody, never be sorry about it. And I got news for you. There's a certain amount of freedom with having that and we, we talked about it and he goes what does ruizing mean to you and i say ruizing i was like to to me i was like ruizing is, is, is having time around people who are important to you ruizing is about having that meal that that to you is so special or eating something or drinking something that's special or or, or doing something that's just so fucking offbeat you know like videos of us going to a white castle at two o'clock in the morning with the fucking bump box dancing crumbs with you know, bums. Yeah. Crumbs yeah, with yeah. Bums. i'd rather have crumbs with bums than steaks with snakes that and was, it was, was he was as real as they come. Camera, yeah. no camera. What you saw is always what you got. He was the real deal. And, and what's interesting to me is like how many friends I made at his funeral. You know, like I like I. There's now people like Maddie Rock and like Guy and like Sherrod 
and that that I, you know, and rest in peace, Vic Henley, who I actually met at, at his, his at Carl's memorial as well, and got to do a little bit of radio with. I mean, the one, you know, I did some radio, the the, the ninety minutes of radio I did with Vic Henley. I mean, with some fucking, I I I drop bombs, and I was really proud of myself about the radio I did with Vic Henley because he's he was such a pro. And I stood my fucking ground and dropped bombs on him. And I enjoyed that very much. Um, and so, uh, you know, I love doing radio very much. I love my job uh, reviewing sports cars and talking about sports cars. And, and I, don't, I don't have a lot of special skills, but the skills I do have, I'm fucking way better at than other people. <laughs> <laughs> what I do have is a very special set of skills. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so not a lot of people can drive 80% race pace while having a casual conversation about the trunk space for the Bluetooth in a car. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> it's true. We speak truth, but uh blessing to have you on the show. Brother. Yes, thank you, man. It's, you. Been, it's been amazing. And uh and to give away that coffee, a number between one, and we've had 42 shares or so, at least 42. I'm seeing a name attached to every share. Uh, Matt Farah, a number between one and 42 to pick out. 31. All right. Uh, 31 goes to Freddie Jefferson, who's a regular watcher. You're a winner of that coffee from Janus Coffee Roasters. Uh, and again, be watching for our uh, partnership with them. Uh, we'll make sure we get you some of that, Matt. And uh, yeah, give me a bag. I want to try that shit. Yeah, amazing stuff. Yep. Yeah. Cheers, yeah. cheers, Matt, Matt, Maddie, and Matt. Thank you so much. What a great way to spend day after Christmas with you guys. Cheers oh, to everyone. Yeah. Much better, everybody. And for all the Jews out there, happy I wish a happy Hanukkah and the Lachaim. Lachaim to life, friends. Thank you. Much love. See you Good night, soon. guys. Thanks, guys.